been uh, two weeks. Yeah. Feels like it's been quick. 10. But the one thing I haven't heard yet is uh, what have you been doing the last two weeks? Oh, gosh. I don't even know. I don't even know, dude. Time's going by fast. So oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Dude, I did do there something fucking awesome. Are we recording? Are yeah. we already going? Yeah. All right. So me and Taylor, we uh, we were at the gym. I don't know. This was like eight, nine months ago. We talked about it. It's like we. I, I have to see Tom Brady play before he either dies or retires, right? We're getting to that age, something bad's gonna happen. And it's gonna be like the Michael Jordan thing, right? So like, I watched Michael Jordan play a million times when I never saw him play in person. Right. And, and the amount of people that I've talked to that have actually seen him in person is very few. So I'm thinking exactly the same shit's gonna happen with Tom Brady. People are gonna be talking about this motherfucker for a long time. He's like my favorite player, obviously on the Patriots plan. And, and I've never seen this guy play, right? He's not coming over oh, the yeah. car. Right? He's staying over there. So um, now Taylor, Taylor, who's my buddy, he, he won't go see a, a football game on Sunday. All right, that, that's a completely different conversation, but he's hardcore on that. I tried to talk him out of it for at least a couple months. So it narrowed it down that we either had to go see them play on Monday night or Thursday night. So Thursday night, they were gonna play the Houston, uh, Houston in, in Texas. Which I thought was going to be the natural one, but because um, it's closer. To, yeah, yeah. Taylor hadn't been to New York, so he was insistent. We're going to go to the Monday night game. They're going to play the Jets, um, and so we fucking we fucking did it. We flew out there in the morning on Monday. We I went and saw the the uh, Patriots play the Jets, which was uh, if you're a Patriots fan, an amazing experience. Yeah. Right? I mean, it was oh, dude, they you whatever we wanted to happen during that game was happening. Okay. Okay. I'm not kidding you. So they, they had the most turnovers ever since 1979 for the Jets, right? So we watched them just embarrass themselves. Oh, it was a slaughter fest. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was bad. But I actually watched that one, too. Yeah. Did you see the time where they had the um, they had the safety Yeah. Uh, in there? And so Taylor literally turned to me. He's like, dude, what could go wrong is literally yeah. happening. Like, whatever we say is going to happen. He's like, <laughs> I bet you we could say them. They're going to get a safety. And I'm not kidding you. Probably 30 seconds later, hikes it over that motherfucker's head. Taylor turns to me, he's like, dude, I think that's a safety. Like, I think it's, and so we all waited for like, it took them like a minute to announce it and they came out, they're like, safety. I mean, it was, oh, it was amazing. There was a hilarious part where there was a drunk, there was a drunk Jets fan. Mm -hmm. And there, everybody that goes to the Jets game when the Patriots are playing, the Jets all sell their tickets to Patriots. Oh yeah. So it's all Patriots fans. Oh yeah. They're all far from home over there. Oh yeah. No, it's only like three hours. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. I think it's, I think we figured it out. I, uh, don't tell everybody this. Like, it's just between me and you. But, like, I thought Boston was in a different place than it actually was. <laughs> right? So, like, I woke up to that. Like, oh, that makes sense. That's the it's other on the side of the earth east for coast. Us. Like, yeah. if, if you would have said a hundred dollars that Boston was northeast, I would have giggled at you and <laughs> and said you're a fucking retard. The New York, right? And so I figured out that, right? I just that's how often I go over. I never go over right, there. Right. But there was this drunk Jets fan, and it was funny because there was an offensive pass and pass interference that happened. And they were taking forever to figure it out, right? And this was going to be like the first good thing to happen to the Jets. And this drunk guy sets up. He's like, he's like, we need this. Like, and he's like, he was just, he was just like, he's saying, like can't oh, get up. We're getting bent over. <laughs> and then, and then there's only him and his like son that's there. And he's like, I'm surrounded by Patriots, man. Come on, like I need this. I'm like, even even a even like a blind. He said something like, even a blind dog finds a treat every once in a while, please. So, but dude, it was it was the most amazing thing if you, haven't, if you haven't flown out to your favorite team on a for a monday night football to see them i mean you got to get in the plane fly over there see them stay the night in a hotel and fly back if you haven't tried that dude it was 
amazing. Yeah, it was so amazing. We're gonna do it every single year. Ever since you guys did that, I oh, yeah. I wrote it down on my to do list because that sounds fun. Dude, as it hell. wasn't even crazy. Do you know how much it ended up costing both me and him once we split everything? And, and this is this is flights. This is food. Um, this is we had a, a Chrysler three hundred rental car, which was supposed to be a Cadillac. Okay. It was a picture of Cadillac when I, <laughs> when I fucking ran you let them I got get there. away with that? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I bitched about it, but but Taylor doesn't like to get embarrassed, which I try to, like, you know, let's just take it. So there's a Chrysler 300. This includes parking. This includes tickets. We got 21 um, yard line tickets, which were fucking amazing. It was 770 each. That's it. That's crazy. That's, yeah. that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Flight from AZ to New York, yeah. Monday Night Football, hotel. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah it was bad. everything. It wasn't even that bad. That's oh, bad. it was amazing. If you haven't tried it and you get into the place, you've got to try that. I mean, it was my just- goal is to watch the Cardinals in the new uh, in the new Vegas stadium for the Raiders. Yeah. Watch a Cardinals Raiders yeah. game. Yeah, that's not going to be awesome. the way you want Nintendo. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> yeah, I know this. Well, so you, you chose a, man. Would you, you like to bet? I'll, you chose bet. a good time to be a Patriots fan. They're undefeated, well, Raiders, setting records. Raiders, you're, right? I'll bet. I'll bet against the Cardinals. I bet you the Raiders will beat the Cardinals next year. Well, okay, you're not doing this year. No, is it, is no, it happening next year? The oh, yeah, stadium's yeah, yeah. not even open yet. Yeah, they can't do a recording. They are pretty retarded. You're exactly right. Never mind. Scratch that. No, it's awesome. It is literally amazing. It's so much different to go somewhere than it is to go to the stadium. Like, if you think it's fun to go to a football game, travel to go to the football yeah. game. It's just there's just something about it. It was a little it was a little risque because we booked, we booked like really cheap ass fucking tickets. Like um, on United, you can like only have like one carry on, but you have to keep it on you. It has to be a certain size. Mm-hmm. Um, but they put you like wherever you want. So if you're traveling with two, it doesn't necessary guarantee that you're going to be oh, next yeah, to it. Oh, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it, 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 my, my nightmares came to fruition when I when I, we looked at our tickets and we both were in middle seats. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, crap. So it was a it was a pretty crappy flight out there, but on the way back, they put us next to each other. So, I mean, you got to sacrifice. You got to get out there, you know, get as just, just cheap as possible. Yeah. Kind of things like oh, that. yeah, you get that. That's all that matters. Do it. I, I I don't care who you are. You try that. It's just, it's a complete different. Yeah, it's fucking amazing, man. It's yeah, a great week. I'm proud of you guys. Week. That's so, awesome. That's, that's great. a nice little excuse why we didn't do this. Right. <laughs> hey, I'll let that one go. <laughs> and then, and then also, have you ever driven? Have you ever driven in my Tesla before? Have you been in a Tesla when it's self-driving? I've, I've driven a Tesla, yeah, not yours personally. Have you done one with self-driving? No, right. no. Like the full and I'm self-driving? still afraid to do that, dude. We took. That was my first road trip I've done. It was Model X. We had full self-driving, dude. Uh, I'm not kidding you. It, it changes your entire game. Mm-hmm. It changes your entire game. I'm like, afraid to. Like, this guy does everything. I mean, no, no. It's better driver than you are. <laughs> like I watch this, I watch this whole YouTube thing about all these accidents that happen. It, it's crazy, man. It's like it, 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 it senses everything. It automatically stops you. Like it's amazing. You just put your hand on the wheel, and there's times, dude, I, I lose thirty minutes. That's okay, crazy, go, dude. Go. Where am I? That's right, I'm not kidding you. Like I'm there, but I lose thirty <laughs> minutes. I'm like, I don't know what happened. I can't tell you about it because it stops and starts. It lane changes for you. Mm-hmm. It gets off on your turn. Like it'll it'll move so does, you. Does it only drive on the freeway, or does it like actually take you home too? Well, like, off the freeway, it, it could take you home. But but the problem is, is that um, it doesn't. It doesn't send stops, stoplights, and stop signs yet. Oh, got it. But that update is supposed to happen by the end of the year. And after that, dude, full autonomous. If That's you haven't crazy. tried it, it's fucking amazing. No, I did I that don't. for the first time on a road trip. The only thing is you have to stop a couple times to charge. So, I mean, you know, sacrifice. A little, a little bit of sacrifice. Yeah, you win some, you lose some. You can't yeah, have it all. But, yeah, so so you're not going to get there as quick, but it will drive you. There, right? <laughs> you got the benefits on there. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, so I've been gone for a week, so this is probably my fault. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome, dude. No, I, but we I got, got you know what? This one's pretty hardcore. You know, this week I got right? to stay at home and watch the Cardinals lose. Yeah, it was bad, but it was that a was given. Now. 
I suppose we're not even going to start. Oh, hey, Taylor what came up, in. Taylor? It's like, suck for you, man. Oh, you're going to join us? If you're going to share a mic, you got, got to go mic. Mics. I don't share my mic. What's up, man? You want to say something? Say crap? I'll say back. hi. I'll be back. Yeah, you got to say hi. We're right Podcast there. listeners, how's it going? Oh, yeah, there it is. This is uh, now, now you're famous. Nice. Maybe next week we'll okay. set your own mic up and then you can actually Taylor say comes in his office and realizes that we uh, <laughs> took his office to... <laughs> No, no, but it's uh, we got some, we got actually some pretty good material. I, the uh, before I go into the, you know, my my story, and then, and also, then you have something you want to talk about. So no, yeah, I actually mean, had a request. We we actually had a request. We had a couple people reach out and and uh, actually ask for our opinions on some stuff. So I thought that was cool. Um, but um, it's you know, it's it's mainly uh, mainly about sales. Sales, and, yeah, it's uh, pretty good. And I think a lot, I think a lot of times people struggle with sales because. Uh, at least for me, there's so many like techniques and there's, you know, the master of sales. And I actually think that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of things that don't work, especially in this new day and age. And, um, one of the main reasons I think that is because I think people are a lot more educated than they used to be. Like, you know, we have unlimited education at our, at our fingertips now, you know, anyone can go online and look up somebody or look you up or look up your company or ask their friends or, you know, they have access to everything, which I think makes things differently um, when it comes to selling. And um, little, little story, little back story from me is um, one of my first jobs. I actually used to work at uh, LA Fitness. It was one of the first jobs I ever had. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I started as, you know, just a guy working there, kind of doing maintenance, walking around, just greeting everybody, being a greeter kind of thing. And then very quickly uh, jumped into um, personal training. And I wasn't actually just working people out. I was actually in charge of like selling it, you know, for all the other established personal trainers that were in there. And um, one of the one of the first things, one of the first days I started learning how to sell the training, um, my uh, my my manager sat me down and he went over these things and he said, he's like, you just follow these things, then you'll be successful. You don't have to worry about anything. You just you walk in, you follow these steps, and you'll be good to go. Seems easy enough. Seems easy. So he sits me down and like literally writes down on a piece of paper these things. And it was pitch, you sell to anyone with a pulse. So any any warm body that's in there, you sell to them. That's your mindset. Persuade. So it doesn't matter what, what they think, doesn't matter what you think. Your objective is to sell them this. You persuade them no matter what. You smooth talk them. So if they're... You know, if they're if they're beating around the bush, or if they're if you're not getting the results you want, you smooth talk them. It doesn't matter what. And to me, like that's kind of you know dishonest in a sense. Um, and then you beg, and then you and then you guilt, <laughs> and then you leave the rest unclear. You just glad you got an explanation for everything else besides beg. No, okay, well, right? You kind of glazed. It's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Yeah, well, when, when yeah. someone's not biting, no, you're just you're you know, yeah, you got some value to add on you the pay. other one. Okay, right? here you go. You're ready? You ready? Get down on one knee, <laughs> <laughs> right, and you put your hands together and you say, "Please, behind my yeah, shit." Yeah, just making sure they're doing the begging thing, right? right? Yeah, just over it. But so. no, he he literally sat these things down. I was young. I think I was just barely past 16 years old, and so you know I was naive, going to school still, and I was like, "All right, cool. Yeah, this is how I must live the rest of my life." Um, so I did that. I did that for a little while and never had any success. And so what, what I did is I started changing some stuff around. I actually just started going in and being myself and um, going up to people. Have you ever been in the gym and tried to convince one of those 80? You, know, you guys know those, like you go into the gym as an old guy. I, I've never even seen somebody do it before at the gym. Okay. Well, like when you told me this is the first time you've yeah, heard no, of it. No, this is real. People do this. Maybe not in your gyms, but the big gyms, LA yeah. and uh, Mountainside and what, what do you mean? Gold's Gym. What do you mean our gym? 
You guys go to like one of those little private gyms, don't you? What's that supposed to mean? Which there's nothing wrong with that actually. I prefer those gyms. What do you think about that, Taylor? We go to EOS Fitness. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, there you go. That's a big one. We're being not an RDM. They actually bought out Golds. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they did. Oh yeah, they are in an old Golds. We used to go to LA Fitness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you know that people do that. <laughs> well, so the difference is people don't do it to you guys probably yeah. because they're just, you know, they don't, they don't think they can. But I've seen somebody do it. You're not approachable maybe. Hardcore. I don't know. That's got to be tough. It was That's tough. Not easy it, it was hard. And, and I was just a younger kid going up to these old guys, 80-year-old guys, yeah. who the very first thing that they would say is, I've been doing this for 50 years. I don't need your help. Yeah. You know? And then... <laughs> So I started learning that, you know, I started taking those rejections. It's kind of like door to doors. And we were kind of talking oh, yeah. about door to door sales. And I did that for a little while. Sucks. It's rough. Yeah. But <laughs> the good thing about door to door sales, at least that I think, is that it, it, it allows you to get used to, to getting to hearing the no's and getting those rejections Absolutely. and being able to overcome it. Absolutely. And then also it helps it helps with the repetition of being able to approach somebody because I think that's tough for a lot of people is being able to approach somebody. So I, I think door to door definitely has its benefits, but, um, so what, you know, kind of some of the stuff I started to change instead of going up to these old guys and just say, Hey, you know, do you want to buy some personal training? And then it was the, no, I've been doing this way longer than you. Yep. Um, I started like just going up to him and say, Hey, how you doing? I noticed you're, you know, you're working out like this and you know, your feet are placed like this or your arms are placed like this. Why don't you try it like this? You know, move, change your rep range or move your hands or do something different. And then just make them try it like 10 times and then have them feel the difference. Oh, yeah. You know, and so as soon as I started focusing in on that there, it, it changed. It changed the way I was, you know, able to sell and I was selling to everybody and it was just, it worked out really good. And so that taught me a huge lesson is that, you know, I say fuck all those old school sales strategies. I think today in today's day and age, it doesn't work. I think people, you know, they want you to, they want you to solve a problem that they have and, and add value. You know what I mean? Um, to sales, but what if people like though? What sales strategy? What if they what? Hmm? Well, what if people like those sales strategy. I think I think they definitely it's do. Just a little, uh, I'm not downgrading the sales angel strategy. Demon? Uh, you know what? Uh, angel <laughs> devil kind of thing. All right, so you're looking to your left, uh, Mr. Angel Mike. All right, you got a little from my side. You know what? Well, 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 hold on. I got. Well, I got, I'll, I'll I got, let you I got more. The demon yeah, can yeah. come in later. Yeah. Okay. Well, demon saying. can come in later. Yeah. Hey. Talk so, about setting everybody up negatively for my stuff. Right, what, no, no, no. Demon can come in later. School, right? <laughs> but um, so, so no, I mean, back, kind of back on the sales thing. Um, my second job was working at a retail store and you guys know that. That's kind of where you guys found me. Oh, yeah. You know? And, I remember that. And, and it, had its, it had its downs and its, and its goods at the same time. And I kind of drank the Kool-Aid when I first got there. And, everybody drinks the Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. But, you know, after, after a few months there, I kind of realized, you know, like this, like this is definitely something I could do. You know, like let's just do it. Let's attack it and see what happens. And um, ended up, you know, climbing the ladder there or whatever. But I think one of the biggest, most valuable lessons I learned from, from retail and working there was the fact that, you know, the customer, what the customer wants is what the customer gets. Yeah. You know, and I think that helps me today um, in, in doing what we do. But, you know, when it comes down to um, walking in and, you know, approaching and getting over that first initial approach, um, I think the biggest thing that a lot of people forget about when they're trying to sell something is like we talked about last week or two weeks ago was intent. Yeah. And I think having the right intent when you go in to sell to a homeowner or one of your clients or, you know, whatever it might be has to be a hundred percent belief in what you're trying to sell. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so, and so a lot of people will go in and they'll, you know, not, not only are they awkward as shit cause they don't know how to sell and they're going over all these weird pitch and sales techniques, but 
their intent is to just go in and be like, I, I just want to make money. Yeah. You know, I just, I want this, I want this dollar. I want this paycheck. Just sign on this line right here. And I don't think that works. You know, I think you have to be fully intent and believe like what you sell. Well, also you have, to, you have to buy your own product. Like people make this mistake all the time. Like you think you're going to be able to sell something. You say, oh, I believe in the product, but you're not participating in the product. Uh, I mean, tie one of your hands behind your back. Well, that's just right? leaving a little bit of non-belief left oh, yeah. on the no, table. No, no. I, I would say at least 80% of people that are having a hard time in sales are simply just not using their own product. They might say, oh, well, it's not designed for me. I sell to older people. Or, or you know what? I don't have a, like, you know what? I, people that sell solar that don't have solar, right? People that, you know what, that, uh, you know what, go in there and they say, well, you should buy from this store, but don't buy the store. I used to be a bank manager. Uh, and there would be a, there are people that wouldn't bank with the bank that they were opening checking accounts at. And I'm just like, and they they were never the top performers. I mean, they they were never top. Performers. I can pick them up. Oh, I don't like to bank where I where I work. It's like what what the fuck? I'm like, what book did you read that in? Like, yeah. the, I'm not gonna make it book, right? Is that like <laughs> like is this hospice care? Right? I'm like you're. I mean, so so you so if you actually believe in it, you're gonna use the product. And I get this all the time where people are like, well, I don't want it. It's more expensive, or I don't have any use for it. It's like. I'm like, how fucking dumb are you where you think that, oh, you have to pay $10 a month for something that you're selling and you're trying to support your entire family and you're not using the product because it costs you $10 a month. Uh, yeah. Right? So it's like, oh, it's like, like, how stupid are you where you realize it's like thousands of dollars you're giving up for the 10. So like right now, if you're selling something and you don't use it, like you don't believe the product. I mean, I mean, save yourself. Right. Save, save yourself some, some some serious, like, you know, because people are going to see that. And I can't tell you how many times somebody asked me, do I use the same product? And the answer is always yes. That's the first thing I do. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm going to sell it, I'm going to fucking use it because um, that's going to come up a million times. You're going to get at least one sell from that. You will make more money from using the product than not using the product. Well, yeah. How are you going to sell something if you don't 100% believe it? Dude, dude, you know? dude, Mike, right now, most of the people listening to this are selling something they don't believe in. Right. That's not it. Well, well. So also building on that is is using it, right? And then so what? What else do you do? You got to learn about it. Absolutely. And and if you don't know 100 percent about what it is you're trying to sell, you're not gonna you're not gonna be successful at it. And I think, you know, not only just learning about what it is that you do to sell, but you know when you go in and and you teach that client or that customer about what it is, and then actually show them proof, like, oh, hey, I use this. Here's what it did for me. Or here's, you know, here's what it did for the other client or here's what it did for, you know, my family member or whatever and provide that value, solve the problem and and then you can, you know, have an easier time selling them whatever it is you're trying to sell. Absolutely. Whether it's a product or service. And I think a little little bit different of what we do is we're, you know, we're selling a client for, you know, not just a transaction, but like we're selling ourselves for months at a time. Experience, yeah. Experience, yeah. Yeah. Selling a service is a little bit different, but... Um, I, I mean, when it comes down to it, when we walk into that house, customer interaction, I think it's very similar to a product, you know, even if we were selling a product um, as, as our service, because it's still that one-on-one communication. You still have to add value. You still have to solve their problem, figure out whatever problem they're having and solve it. Yeah. It's, you know, that's the easiest way for me. To Absolutely. Sell. Absolutely. Um, you know, and then, let's see, where did I leave off? Uh, so another thing, you know, and, and I actually learned this from Burton. I wish he would have sat in on this because he taught me a lot about asking questions. And that's the oh, e- yeah. that's one of the easiest oh, yeah. ways to, to get to know somebody instead of just walking in and starting your pitch right away. Get to know them, you know, say like, how long how long have you lived here? How long have you been using this product? You know, um, hey, I love that shirt. Where did you get it? Tell me about it. You know, and like open up that customer experience, mm-hmm. open up their trust. 
Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you can go in and some of the stuff that we've come up with is, is pretty insane as far as like things to say, checklists, you know, alignment. You have to you have to align your goals with with their problem. Absolutely. Um, and then you have to vibe with them, you know, find out what their problem is um, and show pictures, evidence, proof um, and then a strategy, you know, to kind of move on from there. But there's there's definitely two ways to do it. There, there, it's too much. <laughs> I know you've been waiting. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm over here. I'm like, I'm like, when's this, when's this guy over there with that little white, like white robe gonna stop talking, right? I'm like, I'm like, so, so, so there are, right? So there's, there's gonna be, oh, we got, we got Taylor's attention. Taylor, Taylor, you have something to add on this? Well, yeah, I think, I think it'd be easy for the listeners out there that, that may not find themselves in a sales position, right? They're not door to door salesmen or anything like that to think, oh, well, this podcast doesn't apply to me. Um, you know, I'm not in sales. I don't want to be in sales. I don't want to be a salesman or anything like that. Um, but that's probably the worst attitude you can have, right? I, I had a life-changing experience when I realized that everything we do is sales, right? I'm an attorney by trade, but if I, if I woke up in the morning and didn't realize that all I was doing every day was selling a product, selling my services, then I wouldn't be a successful attorney. Dude, right? anything yeah. we do, one hundred percent. You need to understand everything you do is a sale is is sales, right? Whether you're an employee working at McDonald's, right? You're selling a product, but you're also selling yourself, right? And so, going back to your, your idea at LA Fitness, right? There's nothing wrong with working at LA Fitness, and right, you're learning sales tactics, you're learning how to to sell something, and 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 you're learning how to sell yourself. And so, anybody out there that's tuning this part of the podcast out just because it's sales and you don't feel like you're in it. That's a big mistake, right? Because every single thing that we do, we're selling ourselves. Relationships, um, employment, products, whatever it is, everything in life is about sales. That's great to have. Dude, everything, every yep. interaction you have, every time you talk to somebody, every relationship you have is sales. You're selling yourself all day, every day. Yep. And no matter what you do, you know, and it, the people who work at LA Fitness, you know, can 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 do good, but like, how are you gonna, how do you, how do you plan on moving up at LA Fitness? Or how do you plan on moving up at McDonald's? You know, you have to have that mentality of you're selling yourself no matter what throughout the day. And people are gonna notice, you know, they're gonna take they're gonna take like to that, or you know, you're gonna have opportunities to do something somewhere else and grow. Well the the problem where, where people are thinking and, and where Taylor's Taylor nailed it right on the head. It, is there people that that are in sales positions and not in sales positions, but the natural attitude of most people be more a little passive? Right, so we're all pretty aggressive. We're all eight types of personalities. It's really easy for us. Like, I'm like, if you come at me, you're gonna get at least 10% magnified, right? So if it's good or bad, I mean, that's what you're gonna get. So I find it really easy to transition into from talking to getting what I want. But most people don't know how to bridge that gap. So we're talking about customer service and approaching, which I really like. But most people don't know how to take it from just having a friendly conversation to taking it where the person is going to get get paid. Right, so you're showing up at work, whether you like your job or not, to get paid. If you're going to work and you're not getting paid for what you're doing, it, uh, you're not at work. You're just existing somewhere, and so that's another thing people have. Problem. And I'm going to touch on that just a little bit, right? So, so you start with customer service and you start talking a lot. So, I mean, I mean, how do you how do you take this person from just having a good conversation to writing you a check? And that's to be honest with you, most people are going to have a nice little nice little cloud, even when they're thinking, I'm like, yeah, I mean, that happens to me all the time. Like, I don't I don't want to push too much. I don't want to push too little. Uh, I don't want to put myself in an awkward situation. I don't want to oversell. I don't want to undersell. So they don't know what to do. So 
I'm gonna walk through that just a little bit. So there's a there's a quote that I want you to remember. Sales are contingent upon the attitude of the salesman, not the attitude of the prospect. So when you go in there and you're gonna start all having nice conversations, which you should, you, you create rapport with the customer, that's a very normal thing. You cannot just go in there with the idea of like, you know what, first step and only step is just to be friends with this person. You, It's like entering the friend zone as a male when you don't want to be in the friend zone with a female. You know what I'm talking about? You know oh, friend yeah. zone? Oh yeah, I witnessed it a lot. So, so that doesn't happen by accident. She didn't assign you friend zone on accident. You automatically get friend zone unless, I mean, unless you're, she's visually, like you're visually appealing to her and things like that, or maybe she's, but most of the time, if you, you, that is the option. Like you're gonna be friend zone. So you're gonna decide if you're gonna close that door or not. Right? I mean, you're gonna close if you're gonna get out of that. Now, most people get in there is because they let them ask the question. So they come with their problems and they say, oh, this is my problem. And he's like, I, I think this this girl just wants me to answer this question. That's right? exactly what she wants. Yeah, she's, I just want you to answer this question. So then you answer the question and you think you're doing the right thing, but you're not. No. You're not closing the deal. You're doing the exact opposite. You're, you're, you're reifying. And then, and then she comes to you another one. And then before you know it, she's calling you about a male that's not in the friend zone, complaining about him, right? To call you about him. And then that's when you know, right? That's when you're like, like it's like, what in the f- is happening here, right? So how do we take it from this customer experience to you getting where you're at? Now, if you just want to be in the friend zone, this is not for you. Like if you just want to talk to somebody and not get paid, um, you are wasting the rest of your time by listening to me. What I, by the end of my conversation, I'm teaching you how to get paid. So say something nice, then you need to get paid. In the end, if you go out hunting, you have a great time, but you don't come home with food and your family is expecting you to actually kill that deer and bring it home. This is not just a fun hunt. Like you went out for a purpose. If you don't get that deer, what you're thinking about on your way home is how you're going to explain to them why it's going to be a tough night, right? So you're spending most of your drive home just coming up with an excuse on why this person can have to live without. Uh, this is for you if you don't want that. Like if you actually want to bring something home and you want to celebrate and you want to be out of the friend zone, I mean, you might be friend zoned with your wife. Yes. Right? She might just like, you know what, you know, it just might be her friend that you know sits around. I'm like, you're not her hunter, you're not doing this. So let me get you out of that friend zone. So the first thing that you guys need to do is you need to change your mindset. So absolutely you need to give a great experience. But you are in there for one reason and one reason only. All of these things that we're telling you that Mike shared with you is simply to get you to the point where it's an easier close, where you actually have to close business. Um, You do not work for free. So if you find yourself doing different, uh, I don't know, favors for people, favors for your boss, everybody just wants something to free, you're doing it wrong, right? There has to be a level where you have accountability to the people that you know, yes, we're gonna do business, but this is my expectation. Um, you, uh, the, the only way I could think about it is that you guys have to think like a small business owner. You have to understand that cash flow is literally everything. So the majority of things that you do, you're doing and somebody is not handing you money for, you're wasting your fucking time. If you're at a job right now where 90% of the shit that you do, you don't get paid for, you're at the fucking wrong job, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or if, if, if you are doing that 90%, like, are you actually doing that 90%? Are you actually setting yourself up to get paid? Now, you, 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 need, to, you need to start it off and you need to kind of have a, you need to have your thinking like this. When you're dealing with somebody and they have money you want, right? See, 
you're a customer. Mm-hmm. I'm going there. I, I mean, I, I want to be your friend, but like, why are you there? Mike, why are you there? To collect. Why are you there? Got to make a living. You there? Well, what, what do you want? I want the cash. You want the cash. Okay. All right. <laughs> hey, sir. You know what? Left side. You want? All right. You can say cash. That's not a bad word, right? Right? Because these guys are like, okay, well, you get to know them how they have but honey, is it okay to ask for cash? Absolutely. Do not forget why you're there, right? You are there for the cash. When you leave there, you can be their friend, but you're not allowed to be in the friend zone. I don't think you understand. We're dating after this. That means we're exclusive. You don't have to call another contractor, all right? You're gonna give me my money, and I'm gonna give you a product, and we're gonna have a great relationship. If they leave there, if you leave there thinking, oh, why is he's a good friend, but I have this other contractor. <laughs> right? Then I'm like, you didn't, I'm, you don't need friends, right? You need to actually be able to do that. So you need to think of this. So this is, so I used to be a branch manager. And then people would come in and they want to like withdraw money. Have you ever seen somebody try to withdraw money from their account and then the teller won't let them do that? Have you guys ever seen that? More often you probably see somebody trying to cash a check. So let me give you an example of what most people don't understand. If they bring in a check from another bank and they want to cash that check, they have to have at least that amount in their bank. And that's to, just in case that check bounces, we're going to withdraw it from their account. Mm-hmm. So they would come in all the time and they'd have $1 in their account and they'd have like a $1,000 check from another bank and they're like, I want to cash this check. And then, and then I would say, no. I'd say, no. Like you're not going to get that money, right? So, so you are, the, the guys that eventually, some guys get it. And you know what? Do you know the guys that actually eventually got it? The guys that I would actually give the money and cash a check for? People who had money in the bank. The people that came in and realized this was their money. And they're going to say and do whatever it takes. And they would say things like, I'm going to call your manager. And I would say, huh? It's like, yeah, as soon as I leave here, I'm going to write a nasty letter and I'm going to call your manager. And then you know what would go through my head? I don't want him to do that. I don't want him to do that. Guess what I would do? Cash a check. I would cash a check. <laughs> right? And guess how many times I said no? Probably at least a thousand times. Do you know how many times I said yes? Every single time. Well, when they said that, right? So if you're going in there. When they objected. And just because they're saying no to you and you're getting no's and things like that, you gotta change your mindset. You gotta think like when you walk up to that teller, this is my money and I'm gonna get my money. I know that seems like such a dumb example, but I'm gonna give you actually specifics. But if you're going in there and you think that money belongs to them, guess what's gonna happen? They're gonna completely take advantage of it. It's gonna stay theirs. Yep. Like, has anybody ever watched me when I'm walking up to something and it's time for me to close and what I expect? Has anybody ever, have you, have you seen me? I don't when, think I have. When I tell somebody what to do and they don't do it, have you ever seen my face? I'm genuinely shocked. <laughs> I said, <laughs> did, did I stutter? <laughs> Like, I, I'm genuinely shocked, right? Like, I don't think you understand. Like, I took time out of my busy day to come get your money. So, so you're gonna hand me your money, right? And we're gonna do business, right? You don't need these other people. All right, you can have tons of friends. You know what, they're your friends. But, but me and you are here to do business. I mean, Taylor, Taylor, you see this. I'm like, I'm genuinely shocked. I have to talk about it afterwards. I, I have to literally talk about it. Can I said, you believe? I said, what the fuck? I'm like, this motherfucker has my money, won't give me my money. It's like, it's like this is the, you know, I'm all of a sudden the guy trying to cash a check, and I'm like, this motherfucker won't cash my check, right? And so you have to have that mindset. So when you go in there and you're at the friends, in the end, that's your money. You're going to decide if you're going to get it or not. 
Dude, I, so I want to touch on that real quick, too. And, and I agree. I think having that mindset of going in and collecting the money is, like, number one over anything. Uh, but I think it's way easier because no one's just going to hand you money. You have to be providing them a service, right? If someone's walking into somebody's house and they're like, I, I want your money. I need that check right now. Like, you're not going to get it. You well, have to. Formula. You have to provide service. Like, I, you have to solve their problem. I have a formula. I have a formula. Oh, have we not got there yet? No, I haven't got there. Oh, okay. Yeah, just, just trying to take my audience. Nope, let's right, hear you, got, it. you got your side. Then you I said, didn't want to hey, read forward. You would have yelled at me if I would have read forward. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah don't, don't read my shit. Yeah, you, got, you got your own crap, right? I, 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 I'll tell you how to do it. I'll tell you how to do it. So you're, you're talking to the customer. You're just shooting shit. How are you going to get them from the customer service side, which everybody kind of comes naturally. You go in there. You want to talk about how, how do you get them from the customer service side to the sales side? There, there's actually a word for it. Tell you, tell you, do you know this word? Transition? Transition. Very well. Gosh, man, that's solid. It's almost like he's like a real attorney or something. All right. So transition statement changed my life. What differentiated me when I was younger from the salesman, when I was back in the sales day where they put us in there. So what I started at the bank was a personal banker. Um, so we were, it was really heavy in sales when we were at Chase. Most of most of the, the money that you could get came from commissions. They were just heavy set. And there was an unlimited amount that you could do. So, so, and I was at, at the branches, I was either competing about three or four to up to seven in the same branch for the same exact customers, right? So, so it was pretty solid. And so I, I had to figure out really quick how I could take this customer that was coming in to do a deposit at the teller line or, or coming in to, you know, change something on their account or coming in to, to talk about something negative how was I gonna take them from that situation to a sale or even if I was sitting with them how do we go because we'd start you know when you start having a conversation hey what brings you in kind of things like that but how do you take them and it's a transition statement and I promise you 99% of the people that are listening to this that are suffering with sales are doing the transition statement incorrectly they're not doing one or they're fucking it up and if you don't do it really well like if you don't get out of that friend zone, you're gonna be their friend. Now, what they're gonna do is they're gonna be your friend, then they're gonna to come to my desk and we're gonna do business. So so what you're talking about, so kind of where this step is to just kind of bring everything together. So we've talked to them, we've added value, we've Correct. shown them the different things. Correct. Um, now it's time to collect the check. Well, you can do this whenever you want. The, the more successful salesmen will go off kind of what you're looking for. You know, you know, find some sort of a personal connection, talk to them, right? The, the more that, that one's kind of a little iffy because if you do it too much, it's hard to get out of that, right? right? If you get too in depth, you could spend your whole entire 30 minutes you might have with the customer just shooting shit. Then all of a sudden you need another 10 minutes to close, but you then only have 20, late. Yeah. right? So, so that you got to be conscious of that. You got to get yourself out of that. So a transition statement is exactly how you get out of it. And that's how I did it with every single person that came in. You right? You acknowledge them and you say, hey, listen, Mr. is Mrs. Customer. You know what? I see that you came in to do this. And there's a couple things that you need to say with them. You need to say, this is what we're doing right now. This is what we're going to do. This is what it's going to look like. And here is where we're going to end up. So when it looks like, and you're, you're taking them in, when they would come as bankers, hey, I know you were coming in to do a teller transaction. What's gonna happen is we're gonna run that teller transaction. Why they're running that teller transaction, I'm gonna take a look at your account. I'm gonna make sure that everything is up to date. I'm gonna make sure that you're not paying any unnecessary service fees. And you know what, there might be an opportunity in order to you know what, make you a little bit of money or help you save a little bit of money. It should only take about five minutes. How does that sound? And, and you know what the customer says every single time? Absolutely. What, what changed my entire career at Chase 
is that they would get us together. So I was a banker for about a year. And I was young. I think I was like 23 mm-hmm. years old or something like that. And they would get us all together. And this trainer would come in. They used to call them wholesalers. And he would come in and he would gather all the bankers together. And what they would do is they would teach us certain things. Well, one day I went to a meeting and it's about transition statements. Now I'm pretty hardcore. I was always up in front, right? I'm, I'm a talker. Um, and so he's like, well, I'm going to talk about transition statements. And, and just like for fun, this guy thought he would like just ask something, oh, does anybody have a transition statement they would like to say? Now, how often does somebody stand up at the training in front of all your peers and say something that they're not comfortable with? I'm gonna guess one time. That this person had never seen that. Now, I didn't realize that. I thought everybody had a transition statement, right? But I figured out really quick, like I gotta get these people, like I don't like to be friends with them. Like, if I don't want to be in the friends, then I don't want to be in the friends. I don't mm-hmm. want to close business, right? Yep. We need to take it from there, right? And most people that 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 want to close business, they, they, they actually appreciate that. So I had a wonderful transition statement. It's exactly the same one that I shared. I haven't been a banker in fucking 15 years. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even remember. Dude, I don't even remember. That's because it still I, works to this it, day. It, I said it so many times. I said it so many times that I fucking memorized it. So I stood up and then I just said it. And you should see it. Everybody just stopped. And he's like, holy shit. It was a better transition statement than he had because he was just teaching the thing. I had said it 40 times every single day for a year. Mm. So my transition statement was actually better than his transition statement. Uh, It was about nine months later, I got promoted and I skipped the manager and I went to a trainer position. I was like, the the one in Arizona that they picked, that they were going to do trials. They usually would take managers that had been a manager for three to five years and they would make them the trainer, like what this guy was doing. Mm-hmm. It was like the best of the best, the ones that can motivate. But they, they thought they would take, at that point I was the number one banker in Arizona, they thought they would take the number one star, make them the wholesaler and then have them train, right? Because they're better than these managers. These managers aren't doing it. Mm-hmm. So I got promoted. And you know the one thing you know the person that ended up interviewing me was that wholesaler that, who uh, got promoted to the manager of wholesalers. And in the end, when I got the position, he literally referenced something like almost a year ago. He's like, I knew I wanted you when you stood up in the middle of a fucking meeting and already had a fucking transition statement. Nobody's got it. It's, it was better than his. It's so stupid. To, uh, prove me wrong. The next time you go to do a sales thing, you're talk, 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 talk. Now it's time to do sales. Tell me it's not a fucking awkward thing. Tell me you're just not talking and then you say, oh, hey, by the way, that reminds me. What do you think about doing this? Or, you know what, what we should do is we should do this. And, and, and that, that bridge is just as dumb as you thinking you're going to jump over a ledge or you're just going to drive off it and there's going to be a magical wind that's going to lift you up and then take you over the other side. You have to build that bridge. So the transition statement is simply a bridge from talking to these customers when they're thinking about something else to have them thinking about what you want them to think about. It's called a transition statement. You acknowledge what they're doing. You tell them what you're going to do. You tell them what like kind of the value you're about to add. And then you say how long it's going to take, and then you uh, and then you start, and then you transition, and, and, and they're going to say it every single time, right? And so the first one, do never start selling anything until you've set a transition. If you don't have a transition statement right now, and then you end this, and you're like, listen, I don't need transition statements in life. I promise you, just as you said, you're always, like Taylor was talking about, no matter what you do in life, you're going to need to transition the customer or the person you're talking about from what they're wanting to talk about or what you were talking about into the reason why you're there. And in the end, you're there to close business. 
They didn't invite you in there to necessarily just be their friend. They want you to close business, but they want to feel comfortable with you. So you got to be able to add that in and people miss that all the time. So rule number one, transition statement. Rule number two, you're not a, you're not allowed to talk about fucking anything until you did rule number one, fight up stuff. Like rule number one, like don't tell everybody your transition statement. And number two, refer back to number fucking one, right? You're not allowed to move on. So if you skip number one, you get to number two and look down at you're like, oh, I'm not allowed to move on. Like, don't skip this step. Then go back to step number one, right? So, so I think I, one thing to add, I think it's also very important to know when to use a transition statement too, because I think, it, you know, you use it too early, you're going to fuck yourself. You use it too late, you're already fucked as well. No, you, 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 that, that's, you know, you, you can use it whenever you want. Like, so the, the lot, if you can build the, what you'll get better at and, and kind of what yours is pro level is, is really, you know, what like really building rapport. That's a whole nother lesson. That's tough. That's your lesson. That's tough. Right. That you know, it's like, cause these people will talk to them, but they won't really build rapport. But that, that gap is fucking awkward to say the least. And they don't know how to do that. They don't know how to do that. I promise you, you walk up to somebody that's in sales and say, tell me your time to sustain it. They'll be like, huh? I promise you everything. And then mm-hmm. most of the time it's probably what Taylor says is they don't think they're actually in sales or they don't actually think they are selling something or they don't actually believe so that there's a process it. to do that. So you can technically do it whenever you want. But as you were saying, like you don't want to do it too late because you know you don't have time to actually sell and you don't want to do it too early because you, you, you're not actually transitioning from something or some, something. But I mean, technically you can do it almost immediately. But, the, but if you can build a decent amount of rapport, if you can find like the efficiency zone or that, I mean, you can end up working it out. Right, so I, I mean, technically, if, if I had to pick between not doing it or doing it too late or doing it too early and not doing one, like I pick. I mean, transition statement will change your life. It is just like a. It's just like a traffic signal. They they are trained. These people you're talking to are trained to do what they're told. They're trained to transition to what you want. You just have to fucking believe that you're allowed to do it and do it. So. Mm-hmm. 15 second transition statement for what you do. If you find it hard to get them to the place where you're talking about the sale and you start having that professional conversation, I promise you, you're missing a transition statement. So with that said, number one, number two is kind of, you already talked about, you know, you just got to deliver the product, right? So that, that's yours. I don't know what you're selling, but I mean, you, you got to have that pitch. So if there's one thing that I don't spend a lot of time on is the product because I, I, I teach more of a, it doesn't matter what industry I am, I'm able to take the same exact sales tactics, apply it to a product and it works every single time. Yeah. So you got to know your product. You have to have that. Um, if you have any questions, find somebody that's in your field. I'm not going to be able to answer that. And then, and then third, this is very important. It's time to get paid. It's time to get paid. Do not wait for the right opportunity. You have to create it. Um, I, I see it all the time and people make this mistake where um, where they think the customers don't want to pay them or they think about asking to get paid or asking to close the business is actually gonna create an off-putting experience. But that's only if you think it's an off-putting experience. You have to understand that they are there to exchange money. 
What they're trying to do is to decide if they're going to exchange it with you. So if you don't talk to them about it, you don't ask them about it, you don't get them set up and if you don't show them why they should go with you, like if you don't believe a sale is going to happen, they are not going to make the sale happen. I I can't tell how often someone says, oh, I had a great experience, but they didn't close the sale. They didn't talk. Oh, it didn't seem right. It's always fucking right. Right now, Mike, I'll be honest with you. All right, looking over the other side. You know what? Taylor's in the middle, right? I'm on one side. Mike's on the other. Yep. Mine has more of a reddish tint. Yours has more whitish. I'll be like, bone close that cell. <laughs> right? No, dude. I'm like, I'm like, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? I, we need I to go to the lake before it, we, we can close this? I'm like, I'm like, tell that motherfucker why you're here, right? So it, it's good. It's good. You have to add on there, but you have to be able to say, you know what? I'm here to do business. And so you have to think, if you don't tell them what you want to do and you close the cell, the natural assumption is not that you're there to do something good. The natural assumption, believe it or not, that they think something's wrong. Like they don't understand. They're leaving confused. And the the last time that they purchased something that they're using, I promise you, was the best sales pitch. So you have to understand, you have to feel comfortable that you're allowed to ask for the business. Mm. If they don't spend money with you, they're gonna spend it somewhere else. And people just don't believe that. People think that the money they have for their product is set aside just for that product. They think, oh, don't worry. This person is not gonna spend this on anything else. And they're just, I just have to be patient and they're gonna come back to me. That's not how it works. That money is slated for whatever the fuck they wanna spend it on. And most people will burn through that shit the first time that they get a good pitch, right? Okay. And so that's why hard, that's why hardcore closures, I mean, that's why it works. And so you have to think, if I don't, if I don't try to close a sale, if, if, if I don't believe I should get paid, I promise you the person that they're gonna give the money to is the person that's ready to get paid, right? Now, what's your spin on that, Mike? I mean, you have more of a, you have a more nice spin. How, how do you get them to, how do you create, so you've transitioned, you sold the product. How do you make it urgent that they should buy from you? What's well, your take on that? Well, when I, because anyone who's ever made a big sale or a sale on anything will tell you that obviously you have to have a transition statement, right? The big thing for me is I think it's important to know when to do it because I think any every customer is different. So when you build enough value, if you build enough value, that opportunity is going to present itself and then you attack. So, like, if we're if we're talking about like, are you talking about like at the end, like at the end of a no, sale? No, like, you know, try to try. It's time to get paid, right? You want to say, hey, I, you you fucking pay me, right? Let's do this, right? Let's. I mean, usually, to be honest with you, if if I'm providing exactly what I told them, so if I if 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 what they're expecting is exactly what they got, they they pay me. That's oh. the, that's what I've noticed. Did you fly here too? Did I fly yeah, here? Yeah, do you fly? Do you fly, right? This I don't is a, fly. Can you, like, uh, do you have a money tree in the back, right? I'm so glad no. everything works out. You know what happens to most fucking people, right? Like, that's a that's a rough go. Like, when it's time to collect money, like, that's a rough, like, mentally well, so, they have that. So when it when it's rough, when it's hard, when it's not, like, let's just say it's not a perfect case scenario, then, you know, you if, if they don't know the expectation that it's time to pay, then, you know, then you cross that line and you say, okay... I'm going to do this and you're going to pay this. And you know, that that's when they pay. You want to get my opinion on it? Yes. I want to get your opinion on it. Taylor, Taylor, you want my opinion? Is this I was head? trying to read up on which your way, opinion. I can't Which way it. are you looking? You want to look over here? Do you know why these guys don't get paid, Mike? Because they're afraid to? 
Bear what? Bear what done? Afraid to what get paid? Huh? You visited? You visited my side before? What the fuck? All right, steal my material too? All right, right? What, what the heck? It's not enough, right? You get the white suit, you put me in the red, right? No, no, you're exactly right. Well, because they're afraid. They're it's petrified. awkward. It's scary. I need to set the situation for you. If you have transitioned this customer and you have pitched your fucking product, now it's time to get paid and you're scared to close the deal. Like, if you're scared, I need you to put this in perspective. There is all, there's, there's no, you know what, just, it's somebody's gonna win and somebody's gonna lose. So if you're scared to close this with the customer, right? If you're having a hard time, like, I got this sense where, uh, like, I, you know what, I, you know, it's awkward. I don't wanna do it. I have this. And, and so, you know, it's easier. You know, I'll just, I'll give them a little time to think about, have that. You need to think of it like this. That's like you're more comfortable with driving home, looking your wife in the face, which by the way, promise you're going to take care of her, and saying, hey, listen, just want to let you know. I fucked us over today. We're not going to be able to eat. And, and let, let me tell you about it. It was really awkward to the customer. I didn't want to say it. So I need you to support me because it's less awkward for me to tell you that I didn't do what I was supposed to, didn't believe in doing what I was supposed to, than it was to ask them to do what I want them to do. So so what I did is it got awkward, then I got back in my car and I drove home and it's easier for me to tell you, this is this is some serious shit. People are listening to this, they're like, oh, no, no, no. No, that's exactly how it is. You're, it, it's the same thing with people that are on drugs. Let me tell you a story. I'll just tell you a story. It's not all sunshines and rainbows out there. Like there's a pretty negative world out there and drugs are extremely addictive. These, this opioid epidemic is, is a real thing. So what happens is these guys get addicted to drugs, but it costs money. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen somebody addicted to drugs? It costs money, right? This is a real thing. Everybody's got one. Everybody's got one, right? And, and so, so what ends up happening is they, they start taking these drugs. They can't work. They can't make any money. So eventually they've got to come up with money. They gotta come up with money sometime. So, so they start stealing. Do you know where they go steal from first? Family, friends. Why? Do you know why? Because it's it's close. It's the closest thing to them. I once asked. This was later in life when I got a little bit older, and I had a you know somebody who was an addict, and, and we were talking, and he was kind of going. He was he was in a better place, and so I felt comfortable. I can ask him. I'm like, dude, like, why do you steal? Why do why did they all steal from their family? Right. Like, why did these guys come in different them? You know what his answer was? Do you remember this, Taylor? Did I ever yeah. tell you? Of course. Yes. This is crazy. They steal from their family because they know they won't turn them in. They're, they, so if they get caught. So that's like the lowest of the low right there. If they get caught stealing from their family, and they all do this. You always start with your family and friends. They know that they won't turn them in. And that's where they go first. So they every you have to steal from everybody you know first, and then you move out the circle. It's the exactly the same people that are afraid to close the deal. You know that your family and friends will accept that you didn't do what you were supposed to, and it's it's more awkward to ask that person to give you the money that they invited you in to, to take from them. And when I mean take, I mean this is like a transaction. This is a normal thing. Are you mad when you check in a hotel? Like we checked in a hotel for our uh, for our trip, right? Did I curse out the hotel attendant when she wanted some money? Of course not. No. Why? We're doing a transaction. Because she provided what We're you expected. We're doing a transaction, right? And actually, actually, it was really inconvenient, right? Because this, actually, it's a good thing you tell you. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna just tell you. I'm just gonna write this right here. This hotel was off of a freeway. 
if you miss the turn in, which is a right turn, which Taylor missed, it oh, is seven point four miles. To get back, there is no other way in. You only can go in off in this freeway. It's like a half freeway. And you have to circle back. It takes you through two toll roads, (laughs) 7.4 miles. You were in a 20-minute trip back if you missed this. Now, now we put this to the test because we're like, there is zero way. We're going 7.4 miles. So I'm not kidding you. We went off this, like, dirt road with this parking lot. We tried to get into it. It turned out to be airport parking only. And so so if (laughs) – I know Taylor wants to say something. You can't defend yourself. You, you can't defend yourself. No, We're I want to hear what he has here. to say. No, he's going to say something. He's going to say I something. I want to hear it. No, no. He missed the turn. It was 7.4 miles. What's your right? opinion, Taylor? I, I've never seen something like this before. No, it's unbelievable. It was, you, you missed one turn, and like you said, it's, it's a one. It's a but, straight road. But it was getting, it was merging off of a freeway, crossing five lanes of no, 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 no. people merging off. And no, no. A short he, had the, he had the phone right in front of his fucking face, all right? There was a little minivan that was giving him a little little hardcore. He thought he could just miss, miss the turn and everything would be okay, <laughs> right? Don't let him, no, it was a little minivan, all right? It was going a little fast, he didn't want to break, right? He thought he could like just you it over. Well, it's a new place, he'd yeah, never no, been there before. Yeah, so, so as you could imagine, by the time we got there, you know what, I was a little peeved. Right, that we had to do seven point like hotels like, hey, you, and I told the lady, I'm like, listen, you missed this turn, you gotta go seven point four miles. She put a little smirk on her face, but she knows exactly what fucking happened to us. Probably happens to everybody. Right? But did I still pay her? Yeah. Did I still pay her? Of course. Right? So it was a pot you know what, we did a transaction in the same thing. You know what? Tickets cost us money, flights cost us money, the car cost me money. The, so so you going in there thinking that that it's awkward to ask these people to give you their money. It's exactly opposite. It's more awkward if you don't ask for it. You'll think that something's wrong. You'll create a different, and I promise you that this customer is going to have a, a worse experience. Tara, I see you're still standing up. You have something to add? Well, no, I just I just want to be ready. But no, I think I think the whole idea here is is setting the expectation, right? With this hotel, the expectation was set. Hey, you're going to pay the money, and so I think the uh, the, the pitfall that we run into is we we think, oh, well, I'm just not going to talk to them about money, right? You don't set that expectation. There's not that transition statement. And then all of a sudden it's time to ask for money and it's it's difficult, it's awkward, right? But if you follow this process that we've been talking about, setting the expectation throughout the process and continuing to, to do that, by the time it's time to ask for money, it's, it's a piece of cake. But right? prove me wrong. Just prove me wrong on this. So if you're listening, this might sting a little. That's right, Tosh L. You know, if you're Mormon, this might sting a little bit. This is, if, if, so if you're having a hard time, so this might sting just a little bit, right? It might take this a little personally, right? Might, it's it might needed. It if might, someone, if, it, it if this stings, a or two, it's right? needed. So, so prove me wrong that it's less awkward to tell the people that have trusted you to take care of them and have included you in your life. To prove me wrong that it's not less awkward to tell them you didn't do it than it was to close the deal and ask the customers for the business. I mean, prove me wrong. Yeah. I promise you that's what it is. I, I guarantee you, prove me wrong. When, if, if, if you get in there and you don't ask for the sale and you don't want to close it, on your way home, you're probably thinking, oh, well, has this, but you're probably strangely comfortable with it. You probably have a transition statement. You get in there, it's like, hey, how's your day? Was it good? How's yours? Okay, that's good. Home with the kids, I'll have that. Oh, hey, by the way, I just wanted to talk to you about something real quick. Um, you know how that we talked I about. I failed today. Yeah, you know how we talked about we we're going to pay our mortgage? Well, get this. Can't do that. Um, um, and, you know, I have a great story, but 
We're not going to be able to pay that mortgage. So, so now that we've, we've talked about this, let's go ahead and transition about how we're going to get over this. And, and uh, you know, the banks are going to be calling, so make sure you don't answer the phone. I mean, you'll have the most elaborate plan. Instead of just looking at this customer and saying, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, based on what we talked about, it only makes sense that we do this. So here's what I'm going to need you to do. We're going to set you up. I'm going to put you on the schedule. It's going to cost us some amount. Just need your signature here. We're going to start on Thursday. Right? People don't say that. And people say, oh, I'm not sure. Okay, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, what's stopping you from wanting to do it right now. What's on your mind? Well, right. I said, I mean, no, there's definitely something on your mind. Hi, there's definitely something on your mind. So I'd rather talk about it now than go ahead and tell my wife yeah, like fail. What, what questions do you have? What did I forget to say? Yeah, you yeah. know, what Yeah, we're a family I company. I got four kids. Like, are you worried about it? Are you worried about it? You know what, the, you know what I'm not gonna deliver what I say? All right, is this the cost? I'm like, come on, let's go ahead and talk about this. Has anybody ever done a timeshare salesman? Like a timeshare salesman? <laughs> like sit through one? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I mean, come on. I mean, come on, you should ask them a few questions, right? Right, when you go in there and have that, hey, Mr. Mrs. Customer, why are we not purchasing right now? What's stopping us from just doing this deal right now? And so ask a few questions and it just needs to be more awkward. There's nothing more petrifying than me failing and having to go home and tell my wife, and then now my daughter, by the way, you guys met, you did, you met my daughter? She's hardcore, like she'll call you out. Like, I don't even know where she got that. She's learning from me. Yeah, I don't know where she got that. But, <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> she's hardcore, man. It shocks me, man. And it's just, wait, what are you talking about, Dad, that you didn't do this? Right? And I'm more scared to tell my 11-year-old or 10-year-old turning 11 here in like a month. I'm more scared to tell her that I failed than my wife. My wife would be understanding, <laughs> she's but she's going to hold you her. accountable. No, no, she'll call me out. She's called me out before. I mean, so so I'm petrified of that. So we're going to talk about that and we're going to make that happen. So you have to remember, I mean, challenge me on that. You've got to change your mentality. Um, there's a quote, the pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity. The optimist, the optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. So you just need to look at it. You're like, hey, I've got this problem that I have in here, right? And so I, I'm having a hard time asking customers for money or closing this business. It's awkward. So you need to think out what opportunity you have. So I already know the problem. I already know what you can't do. So the opportunity you have is you're gonna say, okay, I'm in this awkward stage, just like everything else in life. When it comes time to turn, so you might have not done it the first time, but next time you said, this turn is gonna come up. This is gonna be an awkward stage and if I miss this, I'm not gonna be able to do this again for 7.4 miles or until the next day. So I've only got this one turn. This is not, I can make it up, I can go in there. So you have to say what went wrong in there. You've gotta listen, you've gotta to talk to people that are in that stage and you've gotta develop that one attitude to close that sale or something you can say. Talk to somebody that's doing the business, listen to these podcasts, how do we talk, Google the information so that when that turn comes up, which you know how to get to that, you actually take a ride. And people just don't do that. People don't do that. They think something miraculous is gonna happen. Mm -hmm. They think, oh, it's just gonna get easier to say, but it, it's not, it never will be. You have to make sure that you're at the place where it's time to get paid and you're not allowed to leave that customer unless you set the expectation that they're going to be doing business with you and you either close it then or the follow-up appointment or what you're gonna do is about closing business. And, yeah. I, and I promise you the people, I mean, that's difficult, that's awkward, but it has to be more awkward not to do it. And then just finalize, just to finish up, what you do after you succeed. So, I mean, ball's in your court. Um, it, it, it's, uh, the, the, the way that I see it is, um, um, how can I say it? Uh, so you have this and you say, hey, we're gonna do this and you say that all of it and you know the customer says yes. I mean, you have to be able to get that money and it has to be a seamless transaction. And then that's the last one. You think that this would be easy, 
but you can't be more surprised that they give you this money than they are. That makes sense? So this is a dumb one. Mm-hmm. So have you ever closed the deal you didn't think you were gonna close? Oh yeah. And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> now how do and I replicate like, this? Wait, wait, it's like, yeah, give me that money, right? <laughs> um, so you just have to be confident. Like Mr. and Mrs. Customer, you did the right thing. You're in great hands, we're gonna do this. And again, that one comes a little bit easier, but it's all about mentality. You've gotta follow these steps. You gotta transition. You gotta do your product, which which again, we're not gonna spend a lot of time on that. You guys are gonna have to do that individually unless you have some individual questions. And it has to be time to get paid somewhere in your presentation. You've gotta feel worse about not asking the customer than you are to go home and tell the be significant ready for other the in your life that you know what, that you failed. And the last one, just be ready to succeed. Anticipate that, be very confident with it. And, and I've, got a, I've got a quote, it says, if you believe you will fail or succeed, you are absolutely right. Uh, you know what, challenge me on this one, get on there, build the confidence. We gave you great angel stuff, we gave you great other side stuff, we've got stuff that you can immediately apply. You're gonna decide if you can fail or succeed after this podcast, where when you end this, you're like, listen, I don't like this stuff, I don't think I can use it. Probably not going to. You're probably not going to succeed, right? <laughs> so it's okay. I bet your pitch. I bet your pitch on why you're not going to do it is fantastic. I'd love to hear it one day, but unfortunately, you're just going to have to share that with people that are close to you, right? So they get they get to experience that. But if you hang up from this, if you end this, and you're like, holy shit. No, pe- people should be ending I'm, this and, and actually initiating action, going out and selling. They're going to think it's like. This is going to change my fucking life. Yeah, it should. I'm going to transition the shit out of friend zone. I'm tired of being in the friend zone, right? I'm going to know my fucking product. I'm going to get paid, right? And it's not going to happen right off the bat. You're not going to be awesome at it, but you're going to practice it, practice, practice it. And I promise you, I promise you, you're going to increase your sales and you will succeed. Not an if. It doesn't matter what you're selling. If you follow these steps, you're going to succeed. And I have one exercise I want to have people do if... You're uncomfortable in the uncomfortable stage, right? Of approaching people. The one thing I want somebody to do is when you're walking, you go to the grocery store, you're walking down the street or you're in the mall. When you walk up to somebody and you know that, you know that time you walk past somebody and you make eye contact with them. And then what happens is like most, most people just like, they do this. They just look at the floor because it's uncomfortable, right? So to get over that awkward, go up to those people, continue eye contact, say something. Like say hello, say what's up, you know, compliment them, tell them you like their shoes, where'd you get them? And then do that with everybody that you make eye contact with, rolling past in the grocery store, and I guarantee you it's gonna eliminate the uncomfortability of being awkward. Cause Dude, that, that's super it. awkward, so. I love it, try it out, get try better, it out. that's the only way you can do it. With that said, pretty awesome, Taylor. Thanks for joining us. Some great value add, right? We actually on have there a microphone one. next week. Okay, great. Yeah, we, we got a microphone, we just didn't set it up. You're doing so. it. Thanks All for right. coming, guys. Have a great week. See ya.